welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Hello, Gateway Church fam. So excited to be with you Today we're online. I'm here in the studio. We're actually recording Saturday because this past week with the snowstorm that's coming. So hopefully you're prepared for that. Hopefully you and your family are safe. But KDISD reached out to us and said, hey, we won't be hosting any gatherings at all in in any of our buildings this weekend. So it was canceled. But church is not canceled. We still have the opportunity to worship together with Pastor Leland, and I'm here to share a message with us today, but I'm excited about the future. I miss you guys, but I look forward to seeing you again next week. But here's also what I'm excited about. I'm excited that groups are launching this week. Uh, It's really an exciting time for our church. Our heart is community. Community is a part of our culture, and we want that to be the norm for who we are. So I want to encourage you today. You can go online right now. You can find a group. We even have groups that are Zoom groups where you can, even in in your home, if you're not comfortable with stepping out, we, no matter what happens, we want every single person connected to other people because that's where the life change happens, and that's where the growth happens. Well, on Sunday... Whenever this will be sent, it will be Valentine's Day. Um, In the spirit of Valentine's Day, I'm going to share a message on relationships. And so don't worry, we're going to do a whole relationship series later, but we're going to take a pause on the Against All Odds series. I'll be picking that back up next week. And I'm really going to press in on, on, on something now. Now, Valentine's Day brings a lot of different emotions for a lot of different people. My daughter actually loves Valentine's Day. And this past Earlier this week, she reminded me, hey, Daddy, Valentine's Day is coming up. She just ran up to me and she just gave me this huge hug and just said, hey, I just love it so much, Daddy. Whenever you buy me things on Valentine's Day, whenever you buy me flowers, whenever you give me gifts, I just love it so much and I'm just so excited. And this was like five days beforehand. And my wife told me later, she wanted to remind you that you need to get her something. So I'll get her something. But if you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn to 1 John chapter 1 and we'll be there for most of the day. But I want to talk a little bit about relationships, but not really the the marriage type or anything like that, but really a holistic view of relationships as we as we dive in today. And we all understand that relationships play a huge part in our lives. Really, life is all about relationships. And apart from uh, coming into relationship with the Lord, re- the relationships that we have, the friends, the family, the spouse we choose, are, are really of utmost importance and really will dictate and help us walk out our, our lives. You've heard the quote, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it really is true. And it's important that we understand the value of it because if we don't understand the value of something, then we are bound to mistreat it. So it's important. And we want to dive into that today. So in 1 John 1, we'll read verses 5 through 10. And it says this, this is a message we heard from Jesus and now declare it to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. 
But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, as we read this passage, there was so much in there. First of all, God is light. There's no darkness in him at all. But I want to focus on something. This word fellowship is really, we don't use that word often, but it really is an important word all throughout the scripture. The Greek word for this is koinonia. And here's what it means. It means to share to a relationship involving mutual partnership. It's a relationship where people come together and they share themselves. They share who they are. So it's one of the uh, relationships that's all throughout the scriptures. And God is calling us to walk in light so we can have fellowship with each other. The best relationships, whether you're single, whether you're married, no matter where you are in life, the best relationships are comprised of two givers, two people who are always trying to outgive each other. That's what this word really means. That's the connotation behind it. So it's a really heavy word. The healthiest relationships involve two givers. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Think about that for a second. God called us into fellowship. He called us into a relationship where we share who we are. And whenever we have those times where we're quiet, where we pause and really are pressing into our relationship with him, he shares with us who he is. And we get to exchange. We get to lay down the things that we don't need to hold on to. But there's a mutual relationship where we are laying down the things that we don't need and receiving from all who he is. And as we give him our heart, he gives us his spirit. So he's always with us. So relationships are vital. They're valuable to our lives, but there's also one thing I really want to focus on today as well. There's also an enemy to relationships. Every single one of us have an enemy in our relationships and every single one of us deal with the thing that I'm going to talk about today. So I'm going to give us the title of the message and it is the enemy of relationships, the enemy of relationships. So what is the enemy? I'm going to come right out and say it. If you're in the chat right now, you can just type out the word insecurity. Insecurity. We've all dealt with it at some time or another where we've been insecure about who we are, insecure about something that we've done. We're walking into a new space. We're walking into a new room. But there's things that insecurity actually causes us to do that undermine the relationships that we desire to have. And the first one is this. Insecurity causes us to hide. Insecurity causes us to hide. When we're insecurity about something, we want to try to cover up those flaws. But here's the reality. All of us have weaknesses. All of us have flaws. All of us are walking through some things. We all have, we all have blind spots. And now I don't want you right now to go on and put uh, what your flaws are. That's not important. We, but it's important that someone does know what they are. But for many of us, we, we strive for something that's actually unattainable. And that's perfection. But whenever we are desiring to walk in perfection, that actually prevents us from receiving the correction that would help us grow in our relationships. Because when we're trying to be perfect, we're hiding those things of us that are imperfect. And we're all imperfect. But so I just want to say this real quick. Here's the people that make mistakes. The people that make mistakes in the world, I'm going to tell you right now, here's who they are. Here's what they're called. They're called humans. (laughs) All of us make mistakes. We all have flaws and we all have shortcomings. The important thing is that we don't take those shortcomings and bring them to the place in our hearts and in our minds where they become our identity and they shape 
the way that we live. I have four kids, but my oldest son, his name is Preston. He's an incredible son, very loving, very kind, but he also kind of has a little bit of a sneaky, uh, sneaky streak. If you've been here before, I shared a message. Uh, he really, he really loves the pantry. There's many times I call him pantry because he's just always in there. He's grabbing a snack or something. But the other day I was cleaning the bathroom and we have a little cabinet in the bathroom and I just decided, Hey, I need to open it up to see what's in there. And to my surprise, whenever I opened the door, I found the stash that my son had been hiding for what seemed like probably a month. There were oatmeal cream pies in there. There were Capri Suns in there. So I, I now understand why he was taking so long. Whenever he went into the bathroom, he wasn't just going to the bathroom. That was his own private pantry that no one may have known about. But the sad part about it is there were certain things that were open. There, there were things that were getting stale. Uh, some of it may have even had a little bit of mold on it. So I grab it and I throw it away. But the, in our lives, many times, whenever we are trying to hide things, our relationships can grow stale. Our relationships can grow cold. Our relationships don't have any life to them. So whenever we hide things and keep them from others and ultimately even try to keep them from God as if he doesn't already know, it's very hard for us to have fulfilling relationships and we undermine the value and the things that we desire. And here's the thing we also need to realize whenever we're hiding, we're keeping things in darkness. Remember, the verse says that in God, there is no darkness. He's, he is light. But whenever we are in darkness, that's where sin actually gains its strength. Many times we want to be free of sin, but sin actually gains its strength when it's hidden and when it's kept in the dark. And it's this perpetuating cycle. And here's why. Because it actually changes your appetites. Once you hide something, you have to go another level and hide it again. And it's something that continues to grow and it continues to grow and it continues to grow. Think about it from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, when they sinned, what did they do? What did they do? They immediately went and hid themselves. They hid themselves from each other and they also tried to hide themselves from God and God was walking in the garden. And here's a word that he says, and it may be a word for some of us today. It's where are you? If you're hiding, where are you really? Not physically, but where are you in your life? Are you able to be open? Are you able to be transparent? Are you able to share who you ultimately are and have true fellowship with other people? Because Adam and Eve didn't immediately lose relationship with their sin, but here is what they lost. They lost intimacy. They lost intimacy and oneness with each other. And at that moment, they actually had lost intimacy with God to the point where they wanted to hide from him because of the shame that they were facing. But Adam and Eve realized something and God stepped into the picture and he ended up covering them himself by a, by a sacrifice that was made and blood was spilled, which obviously speaks to Jesus. But he also told them in that moment that your sin isn't meant to be hidden in darkness. Your sin is meant to be forgiven and your sin is meant to be cleansed. But that involves coming to him. John 3.20 says this, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Whenever we're hiding, really, we fear being exposed. We fear the things in our heart, maybe the addiction, the lust, the, the brokenness that we all have. We fear that becoming into the light, lest we be exposed. 
But once again, when you limit your exposure to the right people, of course, you actually limit intimacy. And the people that are closest to you will never experience the value of who you really are whenever you are hiding yourself. Because once again, darkness destroys intimacy. So let's bring, let's be people of the light. Let's be people that bring it to the light. And here's why it's important for us to do this because God can't heal what we hide. If we hide it, we won't be healed. So the, the healing that you desire actually comes in the revealing. The healing comes in the revealing. Whenever we're able to reveal it to God and to the right people that we're in relationship with, we can experience the healing that we so desire and walk in a healthy relationship and fellowship with those that are around us in a way that glorifies God. So that's the first thing we have to understand that that the enemy of insecurity is coming against us to make us hide. But there's also another thing that insecurity is, is bringing. And that insecurity causes us to attack. Insecurity causes us to attack. Now, it sounds a little bit violent. That's not my heart behind it. But have you ever noticed that it's hard to attack and also be vulnerable at the same time? It's almost impossible to do that because whenever we try to hide it typically leads us to attack if someone's kind of pressing on that very thing that we tried to keep, keep, keep hidden for so long. So it's important for us to realize that we, we don't need to be defensive. Whenever someone's trying to help us, we don't need to be defensive because it's impossible to be defensive and also have intimacy. One of the number one greatest predictors of divorce for those who are married is defensiveness. Whenever we don't allow people and whenever someone comes to us and brings maybe an issue that may or a behavior that's reoccurring and we stiff arm them when we become defensive and we push them away. And here's why. Because whenever we're defensive, we don't leave any room for honesty. We don't leave, leave any room for us to be honest about our flaws. And here's what honest means. It means to be free from fraud or deception, to be free from fraud or deception. And if you want authentic, genuine relationships, they have to be honest relationships because relationships cannot be based on a lie. A lie is actually attack, an attack on your relationships. With my kids, one of the things that I press on probably harder than anything else is whenever they lie to me I, I, because I want relationship and I know that our relationship can't go any further than our level of honesty. So, Here's what I tell them and here's what I, here's what I communicate to them. A lie may take care of the present, but it has no future. A lie may take care of the present, but it has no future. And a lie simply builds upon itself and builds upon itself, but it also builds walls around you and to, to protect you. But also what you may not realize, it, all, it keeps people from actually knowing the real you. So I also have a question for us right now. Are we people that, can, that are trustworthy? Are we trustworthy? Do we create the atmosphere and do we create an environment of honesty? Are, when people come to us and they bring us their weaknesses and they bring us their flaws, do we tear them down? Or are we a safe place where they can come so that they can ultimately find healing? Can we handle the truth? Can we handle the mess that is in people's lives? Because God's calling us to be those people, to be people of the light. So whenever anyone brings a dark area, a hidden area, that we don't attack them, but we actually build them up and help them come to a place of wholeness, 
of soundness and be able to walk out of that place in strength. I've been a pastor for many years, and one of the things that I've realized with all the counseling that I've done, with all the conversations that I have, is I can't actually help anyone who tries to be dishonest. When you're dishonest, you can't be helped. When you're dishonest, I'm not, no one's able to actually speak in your life. So it comes to the place where we don't need to attack. We ultimately need to be honest with who we are. We need to confess. We need to be able to find those people in our lives that we're able to confess to, the people that we're able to have close relationship with, and be open and honest and vulnerable and transparent. Not one way in front of people and then one way in private. Those two things need to align. This is why we have groups. We want you to be in relationship with other people, uh, people that can build you up and people that can encourage you to continue to walk in the ways of the Lord and to grow in your relationship with Jesus. So for many of us, we, we look at it and we try to hide it and then we attack. But here's, here's what the scriptures actually say. It's in James 5.16. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Here's what this word confess means. It means to speak the same thing. It means to, for my life to come into agreement with what God says through his word. We need to come to the place where we are agreeing with what he says about sin, of what he says about parenting, of what he says about relationships. That's ultimately what's going to give us life. But that's what confession is. It's to speak the same thing about what's going on in your life that God would say. And we have to come to the place where we're holding on to that. This word trespass, the, the trespass that we're supposed to confess, it, it, it means a deviation from the truth. We're talking about honesty. We're talking about attacking and really not being defensive, but ultimately being honest. But a trespass is a deviation from the truth. There's no alignment between who you are and what the truth is or something that you've done. And it actually prevents us from being healed. But when we confess, we are aligning once again and coming into agreement with the truth, not deviating from the truth. And whenever we have the right people in our lives that we're able to confess to, that's ultimately when we're going to be healed. So what do you need to confess today? What do we need to bring to the light? What do we need to... Uh, be vulnerable about with people, the people that ultimately are going to build us up, to lift us up. It's, it's important that we confess the little things because if we don't confess the little things, then I can guarantee you we'll never confess the big things. So that is the second thing that insecurity tries to do. It causes us to hide, then it causes us to attack. But there's one more thing. It's a final point is it causes us to boast. It causes us to boast. Here's what we need to know, that insecurity will always keep us from humility because it masquerades itself in pride. It finds its greatest home in pride. It tries to seem bigger. It tries to seem better. It tries to say, hey, I'm, just, I'm, I'm improving. I'm improving. And it, you're always proving or trying to prove yourself to other people. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says this. This is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. Just think about it. He's saying, hey, intellectually, if you're brilliant, don't boast in your wisdom. If, you're, if you have power and you have influence and you have authority, don't boast in that either. 
or if you have riches and you have a lot of possessions, that's not anything to boast about. But here's what it says in verse 24. But those who wish to boast, boast in this alone. So there's one thing you should boast about. And here's what it is, that they truly know me. That's what God's saying to us. You can truly know me. If you're going to boast about anything, if you're going to name drop, we've all been around name droppers, but if you're going to drop one name, drop my name. Drop the fact that you know me. Drop the fact that you know Jesus, that you're in relationship with him. Everything else is external. But the fact that the God of the universe, the creator and sustainer of the universe lives on the inside of us, that's the thing that we want to hold on to. That's the thing that we want to boast about. And it speaks so many volumes about the God that we serve, that he wants to be in relationship with us, that he wants that intimacy, that he wants to know us and he wants to be known by us. But when we're walking in insecurity, we always try to impress. We always try to prove. And there's a big difference in living your life trying to prove something and knowing that you've been approved by God. Don't live your life seeking for the approval of others, trying to prove yourself to them. Another way to say it is, we don't have anything to prove, we only have someone to please. We don't have anything to prove, we only have someone, and that's God, to please. So let's continue walking it out in that way. When I, whenever I was in fifth grade, there was a time where we had recess, and we were all outside. I grew up in the Florida area, and there was a lake at the school that I went to, and it had rained really hard that day, so the lake had, the water had kind of made places that were normally pretty solid a little bit muddy. And we were all playing outside, and there were a, a group of guys playing sports, and there were a group of girls playing sports. And there was this one guy who really liked this girl, and that girl actually kicked the ball into the mud, uh, mud pit area. It was a muddy area uh, that had just had a lot of rain on it. And he said, I'm going to go get it for you, girl. Hey, you don't have to worry about it. I got you, girl. And he goes, and he tries to retrieve the ball. Now, one of the things that I remember about this story is that he had just gotten some crisp, brand new white Fila shoes. So if you don't know what Fila is, it used to be popular back in the day. It's making a comeback, I'm sure. But he had just gotten that. He was bragging about it. He was boasting about it. Everyone was looking at his shoes. They were the time that didn't tie up. And so he says to impress this girl, he's going to go get this ball for her. Well, he goes to get the ball and he steps out. And I just remember this picture very vividly. What he didn't realize is that it had become so muddy and that the part where he was about to step into wasn't solid and he steps out to get the ball and he shrinks and sinks about three feet into the mud. So now he's almost halfway covered in mud on his white shoes. He grabs the ball, thank God, and he throws it out and then he tries to make his way back out. But he has a problem now. <laughs> Because the shoes weren't tied, they, they were just slip-ons, the shoes, both of them were actually stuck and left in the mud. And he lost all his shoes trying to impress this girl. And that's what happens in our own lives whenever we try to impress people. We actually lose the things of value, the things that truly matter. We lose pieces of ourselves trying to prove ourselves to other people. And boasting leaves us with a cracked foundation unless we're boasting in the fact that we know God and that we know him alone. Paul was an apostle, uh, very well known. He wrote a, a half, a third of the, a third to a half of the New Testament, very influential, brought the gospel to the Gentiles. 
And I'm going to read, go through this passage, but the last, last 10 years of his life as he's writing these epistles to churches, he says several different things. And I'll, I know you'll catch them as I go through them, but it was just interesting to me how he saw himself the more that he walked in his relationship with God. And then he died in 66 AD, but this is 56 AD when he wrote this 10 years before his death. He had been saved 20 years at this time in his 1 Corinthians 15, 9. And here's what he says. For I am least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. Every time he begins a letter, he says, Paul, a servant called to be an apostle. But here he says, I'm the least of the apostles. But then 63 AD, three years before his death, here's what he says. He says to me, who am less than the least of all the saints. It's interesting. He's, He's, he gets a little bit more perspective the older he gets and the closer he gets to death. But more importantly, the more that he knows God and walks in relationship with him, it begins to shift his perspective. He's like, I, I'm the least of the apostles. Then he goes one level deeper and he goes, I'm actually the least of all of the saints. Then he goes one step further. And this is 65 AD, one year before his death. He's writing to Timothy, his apprentice. And here's what he says. First Timothy 1.15, he says, this is a faithful and worthy, worthy, faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Think about that for a second. Paul, the one who's done so many things in expanding the kingdom of God, bringing the gospel to the Gentiles, writing a lot of the New Testament, he starts off saying, I'm least of the apostles. Then he goes and says, I'm actually least of all the saints. But the closer he gets to God, the more solidified he was in his identity. It wasn't about a title. It wasn't about a specific status. It wasn't even about ranking. Here's what he's realizing. And I'm saved by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. And I've simply put my faith in him. So if I'm chief of anything, I'm the chief of all sinners. Because it's not about how good I am. It's about how good he is. And we can be secure in a God who cares for us and a God who loves us and a God who would lay down his life so that we could be in relationship with him. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. Some of you may be in a place today and you would even say, hey, I, I don't know God. I'm, I'm far from God or I, re, I dedicated my life. I gave my life to Christ whenever I was younger, but the older I've gotten, I've actually walked away from him. And I just want to say to you today that God has something for you. He desires to know you. Don't let insecurity keep you from coming into relationship with him. But some of us today, we've been hiding for so long that we don't even know how to bring things into the light. And there's a process that you can walk through to, to get the healing that God desires for you to but it involves being around healthy relationships. It involves being in fellowship and sharing with one another. But don't let insecurity keep you and rob you from the relationships that God intended for you to have because he has something for everybody. And ultimately that's himself. So I wanna pray with, for us today here in a second. And I wanna remind you, if you need prayer for anything at all, you can text the word Gateway Prayer to 94,000 and, and we are here to pray with you. You can do it right now, you can do it throughout the week. We're always here, we want to engage with you in prayer and join our faith with yours. 
but I want to speak to a group of people that say, hey, I want to, I want to know God. I want to know him. I want to be in relationship with him. I've tried to hide. I've tried to do it on my own. I've tried to be perfect on my own through my own securities. I've, I've walked in pride. I've, I've tried to hide things. I haven't been honest. But you want to be honest today and say, I need God. I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I just want you to pray with me right now. I'm going to pray for everybody, but I also want you specifically to pray this prayer out loud. And it's not the prayer. It's ultimately the heart that changes us. But God has something special for every single one of us. So pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness and the truth that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. And three days later, he rose from the grave in strength and power. So I ask right now, that you would come into my heart. I surrender my will in this moment and declare you to be my Lord and Savior. Be with me today. Thank you for that right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer with me today and you, and you really meant it in your heart, we want to walk in this journey with you. We believe that God has a purpose for your life. He has a calling for your life. So you can text the word purpose to 94,000 and someone will get it, uh, get it. And we'll, we'll respond. We'll reach back out to you and really help you along this spiritual journey because God has something special for every single one of us. And I just want to say for everyone else, we're so glad that you've been with us today. I pray that uh, you have a blessed week a blessed week as you go, that God's hand is upon you and that you experience his favor. Be safe out there. And I look forward to the next time we're able to gather together again. I love you guys. Thanks for joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location, or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.